Hello, welcome to the Productions Plus podcast. Today we have Productions Plus CEO Hedy Popson speaking with voiceover actors Virginia Welch and Dan John Miller and agent Debbie Williams about how to get started and be successful in the business of voiceovers. There's a ton of excellent information we've split into two episodes. In this first, you'll get a look at these two successful voiceover actors and how they got started and their process for auditioning and working with the clients in the booth. Here we go. Welcome to the Productions Plus podcast. Today, we are extremely excited to be talking about Booking the Job, a new emphasis series that we're going to focus on for the next couple podcasts to talk to you, our clients, our talent, our actors about actually getting work in this arena. So today we're starting with voiceovers and joining me is our voiceover agent extraordinaire, Debbie Williams, who is out of our Detroit office, but booking all over the country. Virginia Welch, who is a very experienced voiceover actress, and Dan John Miller, another experienced voiceover actor. So we're bringing in people that are actually working to talk to all of you about how they got started, what they continue to do to improve, the work that's out there and available, and how you can get started. So thank you all so much for taking some time to join us today. Of course. Thank you for having us. Yeah. I am Hetty Popson. I am the CEO of Productions Plus, and my prior world consisted of also being a performer, voiceover actress, spokesperson, sort of a little bit of everything, which makes me um, a pretty good fit for the industry and hopefully a good fit for the organization because different than a lot of you know other agencies that are kind of hustling, we are in smaller markets, we are in larger markets, but my focus is to always take care of the actor first. And I really, really appreciate Virginia and Dan John being with us because I know how much you book and I know how much Debbie enjoys working with you. So let's introduce, I'm going to give you some moments to introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about how you got started in voiceover. Virginia, we'll start with you. Sure. How did I get started? So right after college, I moved to LA, did the actor thing, spent a couple of years doing on-camera work, and then my commercial agent there happened to send me a voiceover audition. I was like, oh, I don't know anything about this. I happened to book the job. It was my favorite job I've ever done. It was for a Jeep Wrangler. And I was like, oh, this is this is where I need to be. So, you know, I did them off and on for a little while. And then in 2015, fully switched over to voiceover. And um, I love it. I, I absolutely love it. I, I, I love the freedom that I feel in the booth. Yeah. And the people that I work with, they're really fun. Awesome. Uh, Dan John, tell us a little bit about your journey. Well, I uh, got my training back in the uh, the days of non-caller ID by making prank phone calls when I was uh, <laughs> No, I just, I always loved, I think that just the classic thing of cartoon voices as a kid and just kind of imitating those. And then I did throughout, as we called it then, junior high and high school, just doing a lot of ridiculous crank calls and as we call them and uh, just doing dialects, voices, and just having fun. And we would always record them on a cassette tape, you know, with my friends. And then, uh, you know, I went to college Michigan State and studied telecommunications and like uh, TV production and film stuff and I started doing a little bit there did some DJing in college and then I just always loved 
doing voices, but it was always kind of character voices that I liked. And then once I got uh, out of college, I started, I got into a few different things. And then uh, the biggest thing, you know, was music. And I was in a touring band and doing that for a long time. And then I kind of figured out that I could get health insurance through SAG, through acting and doing some voiceover things. And so once I joined SAG, that was a pretty great thing. Got married and the the health insurance was more important. Um, <laughs> I love that. But the, uh, the, you know, I think the biggest thing is just, just really, I guess, as Virginia said, like once, once it clicks with, you know, when you're doing on-camera stuff, which is so great, but it's just such a, it's a, a completely different animal for voiceover. And it just seems like the possibility and the creativity is extraordinary for what you can do. And I think it seems like most voice actors I talk to, and I do like the term voice actor, because I think it mm-hmm. really describes us because we put a lot of that in there. But I love working with other voice actors and like really good directors and clients where they know what they want and they push you. And some people are like, yeah, sorry, this person is so hard to, you know, it's really tough. But I think the more the client knows, that's always great. And the more freedom they give you. And then when you click on something, it's it's kind of extraordinary. Like it's a great feeling of just knowing that you're connecting. So I think that I think that's something really important with voice acting. And I find it. I'm glad that, first of all, I got a comment on your crank calls because I thought I was the only one that did that. So I'm happy to know. I think there's there's some misconceptions out there about voice acting. And I love that we just put the acting in it. Um, Dan, John, I also went to Michigan State. So I was a theater major. And I used to always say to the director, you know, you have some voice of God telling everybody to take the seat. That can be a woman. And I think that was sort of my entree into the voice. But there's Mm -hmm. so many different ways that our voice can be manipulated. And I think for actors, this is probably one of the the areas, especially if you're a starting actor. And, you know, I like to talk to everyone in our audience that might be listening. If you're just starting out, I think few people know about voice acting. I think we are all taught and we're lucky enough if we're in a university with some curriculum that says, hey, this is how you get to join Actors' Equity or this is what the Screen Actors Guild is. And if we really think about it, colleges and universities don't exactly train actors to go be professionals so you're lucky if you get kind of that carved out i never had even as a theater major a class in voice acting ever you know we were Mm -hmm. taught about breathing from the diaphragm and thankfully i was a singer and i knew how to control that but what's interesting is learning the whole facet that's out there you know people i think have the misunderstanding that you have to be a character actor to be able to do voiceover so i love that we're having this conversation um i'm going to tip it to debbie for just a second as an agent who's booking voiceover work constantly and consecutively, Debbie, what kind of, of types do you get calls for? What are you casting? Is it all character animation? No, I mean, there's there's some character animation, but it's it's there's a lot of commercial casting. And then there's a ton of industrial casting just because of where we're at. So and, and I can imagine we'll ask you guys about this, but I can imagine the industrials aren't quite as fun. But, you know, they still you know, they still serve their purpose, of course. Um, But the commercial casting is just it's a huge wide range. And sometimes I'll get roles for adults to play kids. That's always fun. Sometimes it's a super character thing that I need to find somebody very specific. And uh, but but what I what I love the most about um, Dan and Virginia both is that 
I started doing this a year ago. I was an actor prior as well, and I did some voice acting myself. But stepping into this role, I didn't know a lot of you. I didn't know either of you. And Mm -hmm. um, so I did some listening to, you know, previous clips and such. But right from the get go, if I put Dan John Miller in a Dropbox, he's the, the last three in the box. He's one of them. Always, always consistently. And Virginia, you are too. Always. So I always know like those are those are two of the first names that I put in the email because because you guys are so bookable. And I think part of it is that you're super prompt, like you get your submissions in right away. But also you're you're really versatile. Like it's there's not a script like I rarely get a submission request and say, oh, can Dan do that? I mean, the other day he did a voiceover for me and the client came back and said, well, we're thinking of doing this, uh, doing two other versions. We need to do French and we need to do Spanish. And I was like, oh, well, Dan can do that. What? (laughs) Yes, Dan can do that. So you guys are that's 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 a huge part of of it's great to have your lane, but it's also great to be able to dabble in a little bit of everything and to and to sound good in everything. And you both do. So. So I want to peel back again. I like to peel back these layers for everybody that might be listening. So we have an actor that's listening that says, OK, I think I have an interesting voice. It, it's so much more than that. And I want to play with that a little bit, too, because I love that you both indicated, you know, when you get in the booth, that comfort zone. I think, again, people misunderstand it's just like an actor who's delivering lines for an audition in an episodic series or for theater. You're reading the script. But when you're reading that script, I think the beauty of voice acting is you have the ability to put the emphasis on different words to control your voice without worrying what your body is doing necessarily because mm-hmm. it's not an on-camera piece. So let's talk about a little bit about in the zone. If somebody thinks they could maybe do this, Virginia, what's the experience like for you when you receive copy and you go to record in your home studio? What are you looking at? What are you thinking about? Sure. So the past 10 years or so, conversational is is the key word. It's what you hear over and over and over again. And that's come from our, our shift as a culture to watching TikTok and YouTube and, and lots of people that, that didn't come from an announcer background speak. And so the idea that you have to have this big grand voice is helpful and there are definitely those roles still out there but most of them are conversational and this is where your acting skills are really important because you get a piece of copy and your my first thought is who am i talking to where am i because anybody can you know pick up something and read it make it sound pretty but what you're trying to do is connect with your listener And so I kind of approach it like an actor. What's the scene that I'm painting? Am I talking to someone in their living room? Am I walking and talking and and are there noises that I'm competing with? So that's probably the first thing that I do is I, I look at who am I talking to? Where am I? And then what's the general message that I'm trying to get across? And sometimes that can be a challenge because you're you're getting copy that is commercial copy. It's not how we speak. Right. But you kind of have to find your way around. All right. How can I make this sound like these are my words? And the other great thing is, depending on the casting director and client. A lot of them are not only open to but excited about a little improv. And I don't mean completely changing the script but just maybe shifting a word or two to to make it sound like something you would say, to make that very personal and very uniquely you. 
you're not trying to be someone else. You're trying to be the character that comes from you speaking the lines. So. That's a really great point, Virginia. I remember, so one of my, um, the first times I discovered that voiceover might be an interesting path or voice acting is when my agent, same thing in LA, called me and said, hey, I've got this Indiana Jones series and we think you're perfect for the lead. And I thought, yeah, right. I don't do any character. you know. And I ended up going to producer on this, like down to the last person. But what I really specifically remember is taking all of those acting skills. So to Virginia's point, again, if you're listening, where are you? Who were you talking to? Who's listening to this? Who's the recipient? Because I remember just taking the slashes. I think a big mistake actors make is when they look at copy and they look at it very exact. You're looking at a comma where a comma is and a period where a period is. Yes, that's the intention. But we don't speak like that, to your point, Virginia. Sometimes we roll through periods. I mean, I have a stepdaughter. I don't think she has a pause. She can go probably three minutes straight. And that's very... that's. That's the topic right now. I mean, that's the TikTok speak. That is what we're trying to relate to. So I love I love your process. And I love that thought about who am I talking to and how do I deliver that? Not necessarily how you think it should be delivered. Dan, right. what's what's your approach? Um, I think it's similar. I mean, you know, even going back to, as you were saying, Deb, you know, for industrials, I, you know, I don't know what it is. I love it all. Like I, you know, even just the most technical thing, I just love recording and just doing voice work. So even doing something like that, I think keeping it conversational, even in that realm is mm -hmm. what people want because you're trying to communicate. I think that's the overwhelming thing I try to remember. So I've done auditions and I'm sure you can relate to this, Virginia, of over overthinking it as you're recording an audition mm -hmm. and all right i've recorded that four times you know like how many times am i going to try to get this line right and then you kind of edit different chunks together and then you're like this just sounds disconnected and this is not working for my brain so how's this going to work for a casting director or a client or whatever so i think it's just really that just you know if it's a if it's a commercial you're really trying to persuade somebody, you know, it's raising the stakes right. and, and just trying to think of like, what is the best way? I don't know if you wanted to just say like, okay, somebody is going to come and take my cat from me or my pet or my child or whatever, not to be gruesome or anything, but just like saying, okay, if I was really, who's my audience? Is it one person I'm talking to? It's a friend, you know, whatever. How am I going to persuade them? that this is the way to go. It's not going to be very overly polished. And then you can feel if it's too conversational, maybe it does need a little bit, but I think it's just that real at the, at the, you can feel in your heart, I think when it's, when you're doing it the right way. And then I've, I've had that situation, especially like with actual live sessions, you know, whether you're in the studio or you're doing it from your home studio, where you get a good solid read and you said the words right, but it's something's not right there. And then you'll do a take and it feels right to you in some weird way. And then all of a sudden you hear the clients, if there's three clients there, go, that was, yes, that one. Yeah. What, what, it's, and then you're just like, it wasn't really as good as the one before that, but you felt something while you did mm -hmm. it, even stumbled. And it's the human voice is just, I mean, that's, I guess something that I go back to in my brain as far as AI and everything else is like there is just some weird thing with 
when you connect and it's there's a lot of intangibles there but i think anyone who's thinking about getting into voice acting is just to remind yourself of that and you know whether it's a parent talking to a kid or a teacher or somebody a doctor how do you how are you going to connect how are you going to give somebody bad news hopeful news anything right keep it genuine makes it makes the sessions more fun too i mean even even the industrials that you were talking about deb creating giving yourself a story that you're telling it it makes all the different sessions fun rather than oh i'm just waiting for you know the really charactery role Everybody wants to do something that feels fulfilling. I don't care if you're, you know, an assistant to an executive, if you're a a chef, it doesn't matter. We're all trying to kind of lock into what that sweet spot is. So for me, I think it's the approach. It's it's looking at everything as though, you know, this is your shot. And it's so nothing takes the place of that director saying, awesome, that's a wrap. And when we speak of industrials, I mean, that's where I made all my money as a voiceover Mm -hmm. actor. Industrial after industrial after industrial. I can read a prompter. I can use the ear prompter with the best of them. Put down copy and I can go 60 pages without a cut because it is. I want to tell everybody this, too. It is, I think, the exploration of who you are, who you're talking to. But it's also a lot of reading text reading quickly, being able to understand what's behind those words. So let's go backwards, all right? So we've got, we kind of have a lot of context going here, but I'm an actor and I decide, okay, I want to explore explore voice acting. And I may or may not have an agent. Classes. Did you take classes? Next time on the Productions Plus podcast, we'll continue with episode two of Booking the VoiceOver and find out the details of what you need to get started and succeed in voiceovers. We talk education, equipment, and preparation and get inside info on what it takes. This is Joe Stearns. Thank you for joining us.